Hello and welcome to episode one of On the Battlefield with me, Father Joseph, and my co-host and dear friend. Father Michael Marcantoni from the Greek Orthodox Metropolis of Detroit. And we are here with you and sharing the Christian message of hope and endurance amidst life's suffering and upheaval, thus the name On the Battlefield. You will be able to, in the future, find us at onthebattlefieldmedia.com. And on Facebook and Instagram, where, Father Michael? Yep, we can. If you search on Facebook and Instagram, you can find us at On the Battlefield Podcast. So search for On the Battlefield Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, and you'll find us there, as well as www.onthebattlefieldmedia.com. Yes, on the battlefieldmedia.com <laughs> and on the Battlefield Podcast on those social media outlets. Um, so, Father Michael, let's. Let's uh, endeavor to try to understand and explain to those who are joining us why we have chosen to do this podcast, kind of what the, what the concept is, why uh, we've decided to do it, what everyone can expect, and do some introductions. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I will not only endeavor to try, we'll in fact do it so that's, that's right because yeah. we are doers exactly. oh good there is in the in the immortal words of yoda there is no try there is only do uh in any case so uh my name is father michael marcantoni i'm a priest of the greek orthodox metropolis of detroit uh i've been a priest since 2011 and before i was a priest i was a soldier so i was uh in the united states army from 1998 to 2006 deployed as part of Operation Enduring Freedom, and that experience of military service and, um, and leadership, because that's, you know, I was made a, a sergeant in country and so forth, and so uh, my, my sense of leadership, my sense of service, all that was shaped by my time in the field before going to seminary and meeting Father Joseph in 2007. Um, I am... I am a husband uh, of Presbyteria Catherine and I have been married since 2006. We have two wonderful children. Uh, and we chose the name On the Battlefield because of some discussions that Father Joseph and I have been having a great deal of lately. Uh, and that is namely, as we have moved into middle age and we have uh, achieved some goals, we've been in ministry We've also realized that nothing, absolutely nothing goes as planned. Uh, you, you know, you, you have this idea that you're going to, uh, you're going to go to school, get married, get, get the girl, get married, get the job and live happily ever after. And nothing goes as planned. Marriage is harder than you think it's going to be. Finances are tighter. Your dream job becomes work nobody's life, not ours, not the lives of the people we minister to. Nothing goes to plan. And uh, back in, in the field, when I, was in, you know, when I was in the army, there was the saying when you were deployed that um, no plan survives first contact. That is when, hmm. when, when the two sides, when you know, your side and the enemy side collide, that's first mm -hmm. contact. And whatever plans you had are going to go out the window. And, and, I, and that's become just such a great metaphor for me for the way life works, because you have your plans, you spend your whole childhood and your early adulthood preparing, and you get out into the world, and none of those plans survive first contact, not a single one. 
Um, so, so uh, we've been taught, we've been reflecting a lot about that, and we thought it might be uh, beneficial both to us and God willing to you to bring those discussions here and maybe work through some of that, work through some of what we've come to call the scramble of life, where our expectations and reality uh, collide. And you've got to scramble and make something out of it. Would you say that's a, a fair treatment of, uh, of what we've been talking about? Yeah, uh, without question. And, uh, and again, I, I am Father Joseph Collins. Uh, I, like Father Michael, serve in the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of America. Uh, my wife, Presbyterian Melanie, and our three children <laughs> currently live we currently live in Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, having served in New York uh, at, at several parishes uh, over the course of seven years, along with St. Basil Academy in Garrison, New York. And uh, like Father Michael said, we, he and I met and our families met in 2007 up in Brookline, Massachusetts at our seminary. Um, he was a soldier. I was not. I was just a... I shouldn't say just, but I, I was a, I am a boy from a small country town in central Wisconsin where uh, my wife and I both grew up. Uh, I grew up uh, uh, near and working on farms uh, in, in very blue collar and rural agricultural uh, areas with those sorts of people, loggers, farmers, and truck drivers, which is what I did before I went on to seminary, uh, but Father Michael and I have had these conversations, and we 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 both see the need not only in our lives but in the lives of those around us, uh, the need to have the depths of Orthodox spirituality not so much brought into the twenty first century, but teach teach ourselves and those around us how to apply them. How, how to take the difficulties of everyday life and, and, and the suffering and the upheaval that we see all around us. And how, and how do we reconcile that suffering and upheaval with the message of hope and endurance in Christ? These seem like diametrically opposed terms, I guess, if you will. And it's really Father Michael's hope, along with mine, to, to work through some of those things together and hopefully to the benefit of anyone who tunes in and joins us over the coming months and God willing years. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, there's an interesting thing, you know, because we have in English, in the English rendering, we have, uh, we have so many synonyms that get used for some of the same things in Greek that allow an overlap conceptually in the Greek words, but in English, uh, it, you can't tell that you're talking about the same thing. So, uh, so, in, so, for example, in the gospel, there's this one point where Jesus says, by their patience, they will possess their souls. Um, and there's another point where he says, he who perseveres to the end or he who endures to the end will be saved. And in Paul's epistle, he calls the God that he's serving the God of steadfastness. Well, you know, patience and perseverance and endurance and steadfastness are, are really 
whole, all different categories in English. We don't think about them all together. But in Greek, in, in the original Greek that these texts were written in, and that's really one of the great advantages to being not just in the Orthodox Church, but being specifically in the Greek archdiocese. Greek, this New Testament Greek isn't just like an academic language for us. It's a living thing that we, we access as part of the milieu. It's beautiful. Well, it, you know, steadfastness, patience, endurance. Uh, in the original Greek that these texts are written in, the same word is used. It's not four different words. It's the same word. And that word is ipomoni. Ipomoni, or patience, steadfastness, endurance, depending on where it sits. Ipomoni breaks out into ipomeno, meaning to mm. remain under or, under, or as we might say in English more colloquially, to abide. The, it's this image of being rooted and steadfast and immovable. And that's, uh, that's a real... That's a really strong word, and I, and, and I like it because when we think about patience in English, it's kind of this idle, sitting around, waiting for something to happen. It's passive. But being abiding and being firmly rooted, that's, that's an active thing. That's an, right. Yeah. And so when we're talking about being steadfast in the face of life, we as Christians – have to look at that as an active thing. It's not just like, oh, I'm biding my time until I get the stuff I want. It's no, no, no. We're digging our heels in and putting our shoulders forward and like bearing the fray. You know, we're, we're pushing back on the line. Uh, and that's, that's uh, it, it's, I think if we're looking at it, that's a much more helpful image because if we're just sort of, backpedaling and just sort of waiting that attitude lends us to a defeatist posture yeah so with with this idea of endurance and it's it's an active and dynamic life that we're living we we don't get to sit on the sidelines of the battlefield you know like the the title of the podcast uh, implies that that we're thinking about this as Jesus was saying in, uh, or like St. Paul, forgive me, as St. Paul was saying in Ephesians, that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, right? This, this battle that we're fighting is, is real. It's a race, and it's a race to win the prize of salvation. We are at war with the demonic powers. We're at war with our own sinfulness, and we're at war as how best to love and save and fight with and for the people that God has put in our lives around us. Not the idealistic whole, right, Father Michael? I mean, we, we can't look at it as, it as we're doing it for the whole of humanity. That's too simple. That removes it from my real context. But in the context of my life, my wife, my children, the parishioners that God has put into my life, the people on the street that I come in contact with every day, how is it that we're fighting with them, for them, on behalf of them? What does the Christian look like, the Christian life look like when it's in a pair of cowboy boots or in your case, a very small pair of shoes? Yeah, no, that's our, that's our little bit of humor and ribbing because yes, small shoes, because I am short. 
it's real interesting that you mentioned St. Paul, right? Because uh, he uses a lot of vivid imagery that would have been really clear to the Christian audience at the time. And this is one of the challenges and one of the, the difficulties with a lot of the biblical imagery is that it's so, it, it, it's so concrete and so vivid that the people at the time will understand 100% of what it means and they'll have a real clear mental picture. But as history moves forward and some of those images are no longer current and accessible, we lose the force of some of what's being said because we've never handled some of the things that they're talking about. Um, it's kind of like all of the shepherd imagery, for example, in the New Testament, when Jesus talks about being the good shepherd. Well, I mean, in we live in... 21st century North America. Uh, most of us have never seen a shepherd, you know, most of us have never interacted with a shepherd, you know, so like the details about what goes into that, we don't know. So, right. the, so some of the similar, some of the same things kind of happen when you're talking about this imagery of Paul. So Paul, and you were talking about kind of the powers and principalities and rulers of this world. And that's what our fight really lies with on the battlefield and the scramble of life. Well, Paul mentions in Ephesians where he talks about the armor that the Christian puts on. Everyone's favorite piece of armor is the sword. Everyone likes to talk about the sword because it looks like the only offensive piece of imagery uh, but, uh, of, of weaponry. But the reality is uh, swords were sidearms. The spear was the main weapon. Swords were sidearms for the most part. But a, a, a Greek soldier or a Roman soldier in either case – um, they might, you know, going, you, going into battle without too many weapons was negotiable. But the one piece of equipment that they would never, ever step on the battlefield without was the shield. The shield was the most important piece of equipment they had, more important than their sword or their helmet. And the shield, and that's what St. Paul, uh, Paul identifies with faith, right? He identifies the shield with faith. Well, the shield wasn't ju didn't just cover you. It wasn't just for you. Your faith wasn't just for you. The shield also covered down on the person to your left. You see, the shield was held in your left hand. It went from head to toe, and the weapon was held in the right hand. And you covered the man to your left, and his you you know, and the person to your uh, and the person next to you, covered down on your exposed weapon hand and so forth. And if everyone was ready, if everyone had their shields up, you had an, un an impenetrable wall of, of, uh, of bronze, an impenetrable wall of shields that only folded out to reveal then the swords. So the shield wasn't just to cover you. It was also to cover down on the man next to you. And if and if anybody was not covering down on the man next to them, the whole formation was compromised. Right. So everybody's shield was essential to the safety of everybody else. Someone listening to St. Paul would have understood that. Um, in our day and age, we think of a shield as just this thing that blocks. Well, no. There's, his, there's accounts in Roman history of, peop, of people using shields as battering rams and even decapitating their opponents with the shield. I bring, the, yeah. I bring that up to say that the shield was a much more versatile tool and, it's, and, and someone being adept with it kept the men next to them and behind them all safe. And if you didn't have yours straight, everybody could die. So 
That's what St. Paul identifies with the faith. As we head on to the battlefield, the, the Christian puts on their armor. We head on to the battlefield. You have the shield of faith, and it's a real challenge to Christians in America, Orthodox Christians as well, to not look at their faith, at their shield, as just something that's kind of privately theirs. But no, this covers down on everyone around me, on my family, on my neighbors, on my friends, on my church community, and whether or not I'm prepared to hold that up and keep the line uh, doesn't just concern me, but it concerns them. Uh, and that's, that's the way the battlefield works. Yes, that is exactly how the battlefield works. And here on the battlefield, on this podcast, which, uh, as we said before, is going to be able to be found on onthebattlefieldmedia.com with archived uh, episodes and and other uh, content as we move along, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at on the battlefield podcast the people are going to hopefully be able to will be finding content that will help them understand the importance of our faith the importance of us being willing to sacrifice our own life for the life of all the other people on the team with us like in hebrew there's that idea of of the redeemer right and on the battlefield you had a redeemer and his job was to be at your side fighting along with you and should you go down he grabs you and he takes you back so that your body isn't defiled by the enemy and he brings you back to to safety whether alive or dead his job is to bring you off the battlefield his job is to watch over you he is there to have your back in thick or in thin and your life is in his hands and his life is in your hands and life is like that we have to have those people that we can trust and we also have to have that mindset that outlook on life that I am responsible for every single person who comes into my field of, of, of contact every day. And, and, that, and that's not, go, not negotiable. That all the thoughts that I have, all the things that I do, all the words that I say have an effect for either good or for evil. And that it is my responsibility to bear Christ in the world and to help you bear your sins and to make you a better soul, whether Christian or not. Well, and, and that is life on the battlefield. Well, absolutely. And, you know, and here's the thing. And here's the thing. Giving, you know, again, it, it's real easy for us. It's real easy for us to be to feel like we're ready for the big dramatic moments, uh, you know, ready to <laughs> jump on, yeah. to jump on the grenade, to uh, dive in front of the speeding car to save the kid. It's really easy. Start small. Yeah, well, well, start well small. yeah, not just start small, <laughs> not just start small, but that kind of bravado is actually pretty easy. Because you're you're immediately a hero, you immediately have sympathy, Um, it's a kind of a one-time painful thing, but then you've got, like, if you you don't survive, you're fine, you know, because you're, you're, it's it's over, but if you survive, you're going to be waited on hand and foot for a while, and you're good, but... 
But who actually has that right. sort of courage in real life? Well, I mean, it's easy to, but, they, but well, but lots of people, I, I, I don't know. It's like, I think, I think it's easy to think that way. I, I think it's far too easy to think that way and idealize the, the big heroic act rather than to actually live out the small heroic act of actually showing kindness to a person that treats you like trash every day. Well, and that's, and that's exactly what, and that my friend is exactly where I was going. It's real easy to be, to feel like we're up to the challenge of the big giant dramatic heroic acts, but they those moments rarely come if ever. Um, Even, even in war, a lot of people deploy and there's a lot of people who deploy that, you know, sometimes never see direct combat. They still come back with battle PTSD. They still have problems. Mm-hmm. They still have stress and they still have very real concerns, but they might not have, it might not have looked like the video games or like Hollywood. But what I'm getting at is, you know, when you're having to put your ego aside to treat your spouse decently because you've been fed up with each other for the last three months, um, you're, 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 you're laying down your life for them. You know, when you're when you realize that the reason you guys have been fighting for the last half year is kind of your fault because you've been holding on to resentments and you've got to own that you're laying down your life when or, you know, you've got a you've got a thankless job and a boss that pushes you. But you got to do it because the kids need braces, man. You're laying down your life. You would rather be chasing your dreams of being a professional soccer player. But no, you're showing up at said job. Because those beautiful kids need to go to a great school and it's the only way to afford it. You've laid down your life. Congratulations. You're on the battlefield. I mean, you know, it, it, could, be keeping, it could be keeping your temper in the car. It could be you're in recovery and, um, you know, you've got to do grocery shopping and ignore the wine and beer aisle. And you've got, but you've got to buy those groceries. You're laying down your life. I mean, the reality is if you've gotten to this stage in life and you're looking out and, and, and pressures and careers and kids and the never ending struggle of bills and trying to maintain sanity and not let go of your dreams. If it seems like a fight and a battle and, and a war, then man, you're in the right place. That's <laughs> you're, right. This is this, That's... you're in the right place. Cause this is, this is what we're here to talk about. It is a battle. It is a war. It's you're on the battlefield and that's what we're here to deal with. So um, again, it's like laying down the life sounds real theoretical to realize, you know, you kind of do that all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's important. Yeah. It's important how we do it and, and, and that we do it really. I mean, um, but uh, Father Michael, uh, real quick, I mean, we're starting to run yeah. short on time together for, for today. Um, but we, we've gone over um, kind of the concept. What led us to this point is really wanting to share some things that are on, are on our hearts. And, and I think more in a more palpable and like real way in our lives at this point. Um, and just how important it is to, to live out the Christian life and that how important it is to be ready, right? Because being on the battlefield should imply that you hopefully took a, at least five minutes to, to prepare to go out to war. I mean, it doesn't always play out that way. Sometimes war comes to us and we are not ready, but uh, we live in a time and in an age where uh, 
uh, life is very comfortable and we have things very easy. And what a perfect time to start preparing, to start building our character, to start building the, the arsenal that we will need when the time of trouble comes. And I think that's kind of what also motivated uh, our desire to, to do this podcast and to share, uh, like this is really for us, just a telephone call that we're sharing with other people because this is really how we talk uh, to each other on the phone pretty regularly. Um, and, and that people can hopefully come to expect that uh, every other week, uh, that that we're going to have conversations like this that that touch on really kind of uh, that really touch on real subjects subjects that people are are dealing with every day in their lives and we would love if people would go to those uh, to to the Facebook page and uh, give us ideas of what they would like to hear us talk about like for example in the coming weeks. Um, we're, we're going to talk about uh, the scramble that we've already mentioned a little bit more in depth. Uh, we're going to talk about what discipleship is, what, what is leadership and what makes for good, what makes a good leader. Um, and, and there's a zillion other things that, that we'll be able to talk about in the future, but they'll all come back to this idea of, yeah, we have to take these big ethereal theological and philosophical thoughts and, and strap them into a pair of shoes. And you, because you got to be able to walk in it, you, you have to be able to use it in, in your everyday life or it's just, it's lofty theology that never really does much yeah. uh, good for anyone. Yeah. I, the, the, uh, so yeah, because we are, we are short on time. I, I want to leave it with this. And that is, uh, I think that, you know, if, uh, you know, if this is your first step out onto the battlefield one, I, I, it won't be your last because that's the way life is. But I, I'd like to send you on to it with this thought, and that is namely, um, you, you fight the way you train. Yeah, you exactly. always fight the way you train. So when, you're, so when we're talking about life as a battlefield, then, you're, you're, then the training is also found there. So guess what? You know, if you're, if you're hoping that you're going to be courageous and steadfast uh, in, in the face of uh, overwhelming political pressure. Well, how about just being courageous and steadfast in, uh, in the face of like, you know, your siblings at Thanksgiving dinner? Um, you know, if like, <laughs> like you, you, you think you're going to, you think you're going to exhibit the patience of a saint, um, you know, um, uh, among persecution and torture. Well, just give me patience in the grocery line with your screaming kids. Like, give me that stuff. Like, but we had, that's the thing is, is practicing these principles in all of our affairs, practicing the gospel in all of our affairs is what makes it possible to be ready for those big moments. So, you know, the, 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 the seeing the people making a habit of praying for all the crazy people on the road and you're on the road for an hour a day, which means an hour of prayer. Um, well, guess what? You know, that's creating a habit that's going to stick with you. That's training. That's that. Those are not throwaway moments. Those are not throwaway opportunities. Those are the moments to really get firm and uh, ready for whatever is next, for whatever life is coming. Like you, you're not going to be able to at our stage of life. You're not going to be able to step away for seven months and go off uh, on a half year spiritual retreat somewhere. 
We just, you've got bills, you've got kids, you've got responsibilities. It's not going to happen. It would be great. I would love that, but it's not going to happen. So what you need to do is take advantage of the everyday. Um, so don't worry about like being patient while you stand on one leg and water drips into a bucket that you're holding with your left hand. No, no, no. Be patient in the grocery line. Be patient at the ATM in the traffic jam. Like life will give you plenty of opportunities to practice the gospel. And having practiced these principles in all of our affairs, you will then be ready for those big moments on the battlefield. So uh, again, it's, it's like taking it out of the ethereal and making it very everyday. And it turns out um, there's plenty of that if we're just being uh, watchful. Exactly. If we're just being watchful and preparing our characters for battle. Well, um, we are, Father yes, Michael, we are out yeah. of time, I believe, my friend. Yeah. We are out of time as of right now, but we would love to thank all of you who have taken your time, your valuable time to, to listen to us for the past uh, approximately 30 minutes. And uh, just remember, our, our mission here is to share the Christian message of hope and endurance in the midst of life's suffering and upheaval. And we look forward to getting to know you all uh, on Facebook and Instagram at On the Battlefield Podcast and at our website, on the Battlefield Media. Dot com. Uh, and I really look forward to being able to share more of my life's story and journey and how it is that we got here today. And the same with you, Father Michael. Uh, I look forward to uh, getting to, to know you better and to be able to share your life with those who tuned in to this episode one of On the battlefield. Absolutely. It was, it was a joy working together with you, getting ready to be priests. And now that we're priests, it's, it's a, it's a great pleasure to finally have a ministry that we're doing together. Uh, and I will say, um, yes, please like subscribe. And if you found this useful and I hope you did, or someone in your life could find it useful, please share. We're not doing this for us. We're doing this to you, for you. So share this content, get it out there. And if you've got any suggestions, we're all ears because uh, we want to make this ministry everything that it can be for your benefit and for our own. Uh, well, with, with that, I say may the Holy Trinity bless and protect you always. And Father Joseph, if you'll close out with a brief prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, God of all and creator of everything. We praise and glorify you for having come into the world and emptied yourself and became a man and enduring the struggles of the flesh in order to die and rise from the dead on behalf of us, your sinful people. May you be glorified in all that we think and do by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit to the eternal glory of God, our Father. Amen. Amen.